triple play fantasies basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. Welcome, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show, a proud member of the Fantrax Podcast Network and the Fantrax HQ family. We're the podcast that is dishing hot shakes, especially after last week. I'm looking at you, Brad, because that's the first guy I'm introing on. Bill Bradley Kilgore, master of hot takes. How are you doing this snowy Sunday? I'm just going to solidify my hot take now. Wizards are going to make the playoffs. It might be the playing game, but that counts. I mean, that, that's a hedge, but I'll, I'll consider it. But you said Wizards coming out of the Eastern Conference. Uh, elephants never I forget. Saw, yeah. <laughs> that was before I saw how terrible they were looking. They're probably not coming out of the East now. but uh, That just shows that you haven't watched a Wizards so game in the last two years. I got the other guy with me. I got Justin James Lewis, the man with the long hair. What's going on, Coach? Yeah, it's been a great week for the NBA. Some big performances. Can't wait to talk about them. Yes, Pleasure sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And speaking of NBA, we got a special guest today. He's a teacher and a coach as well. The senior analyst of operations at TeamFantasyAdvice.com, a three-time FSWA finalist NBA writer of the year. He's a master on the keyboard, and recently he's been on a Donkey Kong Country 2 grind lately, especially the beehive levels. I do agree. That music is fire. He lives by three letters. D. F. S. We welcome in Jamie Calandro. What's going on? Thank you very much for having me on. This is going to be a fun. I'm always looking to talk basketball, and you know, especially with we got a good week of basketball coming up. And uh, I, I was with you on the Wizards, Brad. I, I mean, you know, I, I picked it for thank like you, the five you. seed in the East, but I don't, I don't know. When, when Bradley Beal's traded to the Knicks, I, I think you're going to be that's you going to be hurting for you. But I don't think they're going to trade him. I think they're going to hold on to him. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, well, we're, we're uh, two minutes in, and we already have a hot take alert, Bradley Beal to the Knicks. I like it. But, Jamie, for the <laughs> listeners that might not be familiar with yourself or the work that you're doing, do you kind of just want to tell us a little bit about your backstory, you know, your your opera, or your job with uh, Fantasy and DFS? Yeah, sure. I've been, uh, I've been with FantasyTeamAdvice.com for six years now. Um, like you said, I'm the senior analyst and president of operations over there. And, uh, you know, right now we're, we're just kind of working on um, really main, um, what's the streamlining the optimizers that we've got going right now. We've got a really awesome community over there for DFS, uh, all sports, NBA, NFL, MLB, PGA, um, even dabbling in a little bit of MMA at the time, although Ooh. I couldn't. Oh, and NHL too. NHL, our NHL's beginning has been, it's been fire over there. What um, about cricket? Yeah, we haven't touched on that yet, <laughs> or tennis. Okay. I, yeah, I you hear, got work I to do then. I know. Work I know. Do. We're behind the eight ball. Um, <laughs> I uh, I do a daily write up of the DFS games generally, and uh, you know we're always with our subscribers in our Discord chat, leading right up until the lock, and then tilting together after the games begin. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a good community to be involved with, and I'm having a blast. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Jamie, his resume speaks for himself. So if you ever want to start getting into it, he might be the guy that you want to talk with. But we're not talking DFS today because we're going to talk a little fantasy because we have a great show planned for today. We're going to start out with players to add for week seven. 
But we're about a quarter way through the NBA season. So we're going to give out some awards and foreshadow the rest of what this season might look like. Of course, it's a little unpredictable with COVID. After that, we'll go to our question of the week. Would you want a midseason tournament like soccer? I'm interested to hear some answers. And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. But first, we want to talk about some fantasy ads. And which players are you looking to target on the waiver wire? This could be a player that's hot, that's under the radar, someone that's benefiting from an injury to a teammate, or a guy that just happens to be on a roster that their team is playing multiple games this week. Jamie, I know that you said there was a good slate. Who are one to two guys that are owned in less than you know 50% of ESPN, Yahoo, sleeper leagues that you're looking to target? So the first one for me this week is Cody Zeller. Um, you know, he was, I kind of, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm a DFS player first and foremost. And, and I, I hit on him more than I missed on him this week, but I, I almost missed yesterday because I was a little bit concerned that playing the Bucks they would go a little bit smaller because Brooke Lopez isn't your typical center and you know, drags him away from the rim. I wound up playing him anyway and, and it paid off. He was at six, seven, 15 and seven. Um, in that two-game stretch against Indiana, it was so obvious that the Pacers' offense was substantially better when Bismack Biombo was guarding Sabonis rather than Zeller was on him. So, I mean, I think after these three games, especially now that the Hornets are winning games, he is he's definitely someone to pick up off the waiver wire. Last I saw, he was owned in less than a quarter of leagues. I don't know if that's changed today, but but that's a little silly because, I mean, he does... He does more than just score and rebound under the basket. He had, uh, you know, five assists in, in 22 partial possessions against the Pacers that night. He had seven last night. Um, and, you know, like I said, double last night. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was pushing for it well and he smashed his price on, on draft, on DraftKings. I mean, you know, I think that, I think that if you do take him, you've got to, you've got to be on board with the fact that the, the injury is coming. But yeah, but but ride it while while you have it, especially in in leagues that have have you know high field goal percentage because he's always at the rim, um, and, and and the and the passing for a center, I always look for that too because that's that's a unique thing to come out of the center position. So so he's my guy this week for the waivers. Yeah, and that's a great call. Uh, his last three games, which you know the first two coming back from that broken wrist, he played less than twenty minutes, but. His last three games, he's played over 25 minutes each game. He's averaging about 10 points, 11 rebounds, and four assists. So that's somebody that can give you great production as long as he's healthy. Uh, Coach, who's a guy that you're looking to target? Absolutely. And I like that Cody Zeller pick. He's currently 26% owned, um, but over 3,000 people have picked him up in the last day. So uh, I think the word is out or getting out on on Cody Zeller. My guy is uh, Gary Trent Jr., and with uh, C.J. McCollum out, he's had some hot performances. Doc, you know I love a hot shooter when they're hot. You know, oh, yeah, I, know. I already know that. <laughs> so he, in the last three games, he's had, he's had 18, 23, 22, 15 total threes, seven steals, and 37 minutes per game. Again, this is with C.J. out. So I would say get him while he's hot. Um, but he seems to have a pretty good chemistry there with Lillard, and um, he's not afraid to put it up. So he could maybe win you a, a three-point um, category. And then uh, I'm also looking at Emmanuel quickly. I know that he's been talked about. He's kind of up and down. But, he, I mean, he had a game with five, two games with five, five three-pointers this week, a, a 25 and a 31. And if you're willing to accept maybe a bad game for, like, two really good games, um, he's somebody that you should be watching. 
Yeah, and uh, Coach does like picking the hot shooters. Wayne Ellington was his guy last week and had a, had a pretty decent week to begin. Brad, who's the guy that you're targeting? Yeah, I like Joe Ingles. Um, he's rostered in 52% of leagues right now. He just broke John Stockton's three-point record for Utah. He's averaging two and a half three-pointers per game. So if you're in a categories league, he's somebody who can really help you out on the three-point side. Uh, he's a very efficient player. He's always looking to push the pace. He's always looking to, to dish out an assist. Um, and he's over 25 minutes a game right now, so he's a nice source of points. And when he has a well-rounded game, he's good to get you anywhere from 10 to 20 points and you know four rebounds and four assists to go with it. So I like him a lot. And then a second guy who I, I like a little less than Joe Ingles, uh, a little bit of a homer pick, but Rui Hachimura. So he's just coming back from COVID right now. He looked... He looked pretty bad in his, his most recent game, which is to be expected. He's shaking off a lot of rust. But that Wizards team is still kind of finding their way. They're still figuring out what their rotations are going to be. And Rui is one of the players that's going to be getting consistent minutes for that team because they drafted him high and he performed really well last year. And uh, I think they can space the floor with him as well. So he's a player I'd look to target. The Wizards are going to be in game 62, and Brad's going to say they're still finding their footing. They're still getting <laughs> used to each other. Uh, for me, Cody Zeller was one of mine, and, and Jamie touched on it. That's a great pick that makes me feel a little bit better about my second guy. That's Jay Crowder, and he's benefited from Devin Booker being out. They've slid uh, Mikhail Bridges to the two. Over his last four games, which Booker has been out, he's been playing over 30 minutes, uh, all of them, besides Golden State, which was a uh, blowout win. He's averaging about 17.7 rebounds, two assists, uh, and he's small forward and power forward eligible. So as long as Devin Booker is out, I think he's going to provide solid scoring. And he's a veteran, so I think he's going to get a decent amount of playing time. All great picks. Hopefully these people are available in your league and you can get them and ride the streak. But speaking of riding the streak, do you like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and football show that you can also check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about dishing out an assist by giving us a five-star rating and review? Check us out on Twitter and IG at TripPlayFantasy. Myself and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions. David being a thirst trap and our weekly episode drops. You know that feeling when you got your first trophy? Remember, we came before the participation trophy generation. That's the feeling we want to provide. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. We are going to get into the main segment of this show after this quick break. Before we begin our Fantasy Quarter Seasons Awards, Coach brought up a great idea for a weekly segment that I'd like to continue doing, and that is the impressive performance of the week. Which player balled out this past week was a DFS god and deserves a shout-out Jamie, I know that there's a couple guys that probably made you some money, but who's one that you deserve that deserves an honorable mention? You're going to think I'm a Charlotte fan for all the takes I'm bringing out here now. But uh, <laughs> last last night I was heavily on LaMelo Ball uh, just because yeah. the Bucks like to play in transition so much and that benefits him. He took a step backwards, so his price dropped a ton uh, on the DFS sites. And so, you know, I didn't really see any kind of moments yesterday where there was a where there was a, a downside for him you know I mean if the game is close they'd have him in in transition obviously Terry Rozier's injury helped too but any negative game script where I would think the Bucks would have been blowing Charlotte out 
would have helped Ball's playing time ceiling as well. So I thought the minutes would, would have been there and the rates would have been up given the given the game environment. And, and you know, as it turned out, they, they wound up beating him. Um, so it was a nice day because I had him with Giannis on the other side of the ball in that one. So, so some money was to be had. So Ball gets my... My uh, my performance of the week call this week, Jamie. Just uh, don't let Eric is our Eric's our resident Lamelo Ball hater. Yeah, no, no, oh. we won't get into that today. But uh, just don't <laughs> let Lavar hear that because Lavar is going to want a cut of that profit you made. Yeah. Brad, who is who? Who's the guy that did you well this week? Lavar's been really quiet all year. I haven't heard a peep from him, man. But uh, my Smart. impressive performance of the week is is definitely going to be Joel Embiid. Um, he's having an MVP caliber year. He's been in shape. He's finally getting spacing on the floor, so he's able to get consistent boards. He's averaging 29 points. He averaged over 30 points a game this past week and over 10 boards. So he's somebody I think's you know been irreplaceable if you've had him. Yeah, hasn't been on social media as much either, maybe focusing more on that basketball game. Coach, who's a guy that, uh, that has just been tearing it up this week that you're getting high, enjoying watching their highlights? Um, a shout out Embiid. He is, he does look in great shape and he is playing he the best basketball he's ever played. He does irritate me a little bit watching him play. Um, and this is coming from a LeBron James fan who, you know, he's known for his flops, but I think that Embiid is taking it to an entirely different level being <laughs> seven foot doing these Euro steps into people, um, wait on the ground for five minutes. So, um, what's funny is my guy this week is LeBron James. Um, the 46 spot in Cleveland. Um, I just love those, these iconic LeBron James moments when someone pokes the bear or, or rattles him up where he just goes into this, uh, just hibachi mode. Like, like Gil, he, he had 46, eight, six to seven for 11 from downtown. He's shooting the best he has from the three point range. He's over a 40% clip and he's shooting more threes than he's ever has in this season at, at 36, He's the best player in the NBA, and, and to me, the top MVP candidate. Um, he's the leader in the clubhouse, and so you got to shout out a, 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 an effort performance like that. And it was a close game. A um, little home cooking, as they say, but uh, I got had to shout out my guy, LeBron James, for having a, a great, great game this week, and it's playing great this whole season. All right. Well, I'm taking this segment out in the future because we touched on two people. I'm not a fan of LeMelo. Hello, Ball and LeBron. So uh, (laughs) note to self that this is going to be the last time we do this. For me, it's got to be Trey Young. uh, 38 and 5 against the Clippers in a win. 28 and 14 against Brooklyn, where they lost in overtime, but easily could have won that game. And then 41 and 5 against the Wiz. Um, Just looking like that breakout star that we all hoped he would be. Um, Even for a guy that looks like he has hair plugs, he has just been balling out this year. I just needed to say that. I love you, Trey Young. But Coach had talked about MVP, and we're going to talk Wait, about the quarter season. Doc, Doc, we have to talk about this. I'm sorry, and, and I, I, I don't want to do this, I, and this is a guy on your team, but what Damian Lillard did last night is going to go down as, as one of the greatest clips that we'll ever see. He had two threes with <laughs> nine seconds to go to win his team the game, 44, nine assists, five, eight threes last night. But that last three, the scramble, the balls on the ground, he had to collect it, do a sidestep, step back on seven foot Lori marketing and just splash it. He's the clutchest player in the NBA. So I, I'm sorry, but I had to shout out Damon Lillard. I thought you were going to do it, but you went Trey young, your other boy. Uh, but that was just incredible. It was a toss up. Both of them are my baby boy. So, you know, I, like I have to show after the game. He said, uh, 
I look up at the clock and I get real ambitious. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking kind. about MVPs, clutch players, we're going to start with our quarter season awards because most teams besides the Wizards or Grizzlies, Wizards and Grizzlies, are well into their season. We have a large enough sample size to determine so far who's been legit and who might have been a flash in the pan. And we have some awards that we want to dish out, and we got six today. The first, we're just going to start out flat out. Who's the fantasy MVP? The best player to own in fantasy basketball, that one player that is untouchable. This could be in a head-to-head categories or points league. Jamie, I know that you do a lot of DFS, so who's that one player that's untouchable in your eyes? Um, I know DFS does points leagues, but who's someone that you just think is the MVP that's made you a lot of money? So, I mean, my first thought with this when you said that was was Doncic, just because of the the usage and the different dynamic he brings. But I'm actually going to say that I find uh, Nikola Jokic to be a little bit more more of the fantasy MVP type. And I'm and I'm going to go back to what I said before about passing centers. Just the fact that his assist rate as a center is is over 35% right now is a little bit ridiculous and that's just you know for positional eligibility in certain leagues you're just not getting that from from other centers in the position couple that with the fact that he rebounds and he takes threes you know not to the effect that Doncic does and and he, you know he doesn't have the the defensive stats often that the Doncic can put up from time to time either but just from that center position the fact that you can almost count on someone pushing for a triple-double every night is one that I find to be in such a unique spot that 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 he's my guy. I picked I picked first in a couple of leagues and I picked Doncic over him. And I don't regret that, but but I think I think Jokic is the guy right now for me. Yeah, and you talk about that passing literally when he steps out of bounds against the Heat and then fires a full court QB one pass uh, for an easy layup. <laughs> I mean, that just shows it. And, and before I get to the others, that was my guy. Uh, Jamie, you've, took in, you've taken a bunch of my guys, so maybe I won't have you on in the future. Or maybe I'll just start playing the guys you like. But Not, Jokic, not 20, LaMelo Ball, apparently, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 25.7 points per game, 11.7 rebounds, 8.7 assists. He's averaging close to two steals. And he has 19 straight double-doubles to begin the year. So somebody that is a double-double threat, and maybe even triple-double most nights. Um, I think who, if you have him in any league, you are certainly gushing at the value he's given you so far. Coach, who is your fantasy MVP? And if it's LeBron, I'm muting you. Um, well, LeBron was a steal since he was going in the second round. Um, he was amazing. Don't, he's for, not don't foreshadow. Fantasy. He's don't not foreshadow. my fantasy MVP. Um, he's okay. my league MVP, as I mentioned. But I, I don't know. I got a feeling that this might be a consensus pick with uh, Nikolai Jokic. Uh, it's just incredible, one, to watch him play. But he's shooting the 57% in addition to the statistics that we have already pointed out. I mean, he's good for basically the two, maybe one and a half threes, two steals a game. Um, so he is all around. And to Jamie's point, the assist total for a big man makes uh, your team so much more flexible. I actually had the fourth pick, and I chose him over Cat, although Cat was a higher projection. And I've just been so thankful every day. I, the reason why I picked him is because I like watching him play basketball more than I do, Cat. I just like him. Um, he's consistent. But I think, I think uh, Jamie mentioned the other guy that by the end of the season, we might be looking at him as MVP, and that's Luca. He hasn't had the greatest start this year. His threes are down. He's shooting 47%. He just hasn't seemed like he's completely fully clicked. He's had some up and down games. But 
he he is a certified lock for one and two in this um, MVP as far as fantasy basketball is concerned. That's the true. With him too is we've seen he's over, overwhelming evidence this year that he's better with Porzingis on the court too. So you know, I mean, and that's something you can't count on <laughs> anymore either. As a Knicks fan, I'm I'm loving that trade more every day. So so and, that's an interesting one for him too. Yeah, twenty-seven nine that's and nine. Not playing your greatest basketball is just a great sign for going forward. Yeah, that's why you had Bradley Beal going to the Knicks because you're a Knicks right. guy. That <laughs> yeah, makes sense now. Brad, who is your fantasy MVP? You riding the Jokic train? Well, one thing about Jokic that I think is interesting is that whenever you have your offense flow through a center, it really takes your pace down. And Denver is twenty seventh out of thirtieth in pace this league. And this year in the league, and uh, that's not something I love uh, trend-wise for you know future champions and and their their championship outlook going forward. I think they need to have a quicker pace than that. But but Jokic does look great. But uh, my fantasy MVP is going to be Brad Beal, man. Um, he's been the most untouchable player for fantasy purposes this year, if you ask me. Um, we're talking about a guy whose whole game is essentially garbage time points. Their offense, when Russ isn't on the floor, is give the ball to Brad and watch him work and. When Russ is on the floor, it's, it gives Brad space to hit open threes or or Russ will collapse the defense and he kicks it out to Brad for him to decide what to do with it. So he leads the league in scoring right now, and I don't anticipate that changing, honestly. Um, he's absolutely a keeper for me. And that's why we nickname you Brad Potter, because you love your wizard. wizard. You love you some Brad Beal. <laughs> if, no if, any sing- if any single guys or girls are listening to this podcast, find someone that loves you as much as Brad loves the Wizards. That's my takeaway from this segment. But Coach had talked about a fantasy steal, which he thinks LeBron was. But who is someone that was taken later in drafts? I'm not talking second round. That has, ex- that has exceeded value. Or an auction, someone who went way below market value. And Coach, I want to start with you. Who is someone that was a steal in your eyes? I, I, I don't think everyone was expecting Malcolm Brogdon to continue his play that he did in the bubble. And, um, of course, <laughs> the Bucks are just going to regret giving money to Eric, Eric Bledsoe over him for the, the rest of Giannis's career if he doesn't win a championship. But to go from 16.5 last year to 23 a game, and then he still gives you, you know, four rebounds, seven assists, one and a half threes. He's led the league in steals before. He's an assist-to-turnover machine um, he does not turn the ball over. He's very efficient. He's been a uh, 50, 40, 90, 90 player. He's consistent. He really is He's durable. He doesn't miss games. So I think that he probably went like a round and a half, two rounds ahead uh, behind where he should have been slated at. You are right. I definitely looked. I didn't think he would have the year that he did. Jamie, in DFS, you need a lot of steals. You need players that are undervalued. But in season long, who is someone that – went under the radar that maybe you were able to snag or that you noticed went way below where they should have? Well, I don't know if he went below where he should have at the time, but he's become a steal. And I got a little bit of an anecdote for you here. I, um, my principal at the school that I teach at is, his name is Dan Clifford, brother of Steve Clifford, Orlando head coach. Wow. Wow. So I get information. Yeah, I get some <laughs> I get some Orlando information before others do when we when we have the time to connect during the day sometimes. And 
I knew that point Aaron Gordon was coming before the field was knew it was coming. And, and, and I <laughs> profited a bit off of that actually. Um, but you know, just the fact that, and you know, I, I got to take my lumps on this too, because I publicly made the call that he was going to triple double the other night when he didn't even single double. And I forced a lot of our subscribers <laughs> to play him along with me. So <laughs> that, was, that was a fun one. Um, but you know, in that game, he still had the same amount of potential assist that he was in the games that he was succeeding in. And all of those games leading up to that was done an incredibly poor shooting. Um, the game before that, he had 20 potential assists in that game. So Steve Clifford has said he's comfortable keeping the ball in his hands, especially with Fultz out for the year. So I think that if you got him in, in the seventh, eighth, ninth round where he was going in drafts this year, uh, it's going to prove to be very lucrative for you at the year's end because, you know, he's going to have his lumps like he had the other night because he can't shoot that well. But you're going to get the other stats every night or at least the chance of them. So so that's that's the one that I think you're going to be happy with if, you, if you're rostering him. Insider Jamie Calandro knew that Aaron Point God Gordon was going to be handling the ball before the mainstream public. Note to sell. I could have broken things in the past on Twitter too, and I, I can't do it because it's really not fair to him <laughs> to be yeah. stuff. But but yeah, I could have broken stuff. I knew Kemba Walker was going to Boston before everybody else did because Clifford coached Charlotte before that. All right, well, Jamie, I'm going to have to slide in your DMs a lot more then. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, who is your fantasy steal? So to me, it's going to be Jalen Brown. Um, I was high on him coming out, but I didn't think he'd be this. You know, I didn't think he'd be averaging 27, 5, and 4, really at any stage in his career. And the Celtics have two bona fide ones now. They have a 1A and 1B and, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So um, he's absolutely a first-round talent right now, and I don't think many people drafted him there. So he definitely qualifies as a huge steal for me. Okay, I will admit I was so round, so wrong on Jalen Brown. I just thought he was an athlete that was an okay at basketball player, but I, I'm Wait, willing to eat. your defense, Doc, though, he, I mean, he did add a lot to his game. Yeah, he improved, even though that they were in the thick of things in the Eastern Conference Finals. He's just so much more reliable. He's making way better decisions. He's less erratic, especially with the shot clock going down. So, and he's shooting at a way higher clip. So, I, I understand why you're a little bit on the fence. Um, but he's taking a bull by the horns this year. There was a time when I didn't know, like there was a time when there was chatter that the Celtics would trade one of them and, and try to, you know, make a, a bigger big two or a big three. And the answer was definitely to to build around Jason Tatum. And now I think that's muddied a little bit. I think Jalen Brown has shown he's somebody that can carry the load. And, and I definitely think Boston wants to keep that together and see where it goes. But you might be able to get more for Jason Tatum, so he's he's some he's somebody that that's interesting. Really, he's he's really developed his game and become a one A 1A talent. That might be a good Twitter poll. You can only build around one Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Which one are you choosing? I I really actually like that thought because you could try to package that and maybe some picks, young players to bigger big two. For me, it's Colin Sexton, and you know I'm willing to took the loss yeah. on uh, Jalen Brown, but. I was very high on Sexton. He's averaging a career-high 24.6 points per game, 4.3 assists per game. He scored 20 in all but three games this season, and three out of those last – or they happen to be three out of the last four. He is averaging 2.6 turnovers per game, which does hurt. But 
honorable mention because I am surprised none of you guys mentioned him. Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I saved him for Twenty-four <laughs> points a game, four for four. I am betting the over on prop bets because they have him at like eighteen points a game. It's easy money. I shouldn't have said I'm, that I'm out loud. The, I'm not in the Jalen the the Jeremy Grant hive, man. I this is gonna dry up by the end of the season. Like I really don't. I don't think they're gonna continue to run the offense through him, at least long term. And I. They, they don't have any other options. And, well, to his credit, he doubled everything, all of his stats. He went from 12 to 24, from three to six. And so but he's still being as efficient as he was, like, just shooting open shots from Jokic last year. I mean, do you feel that way about DeLon Wright? It's not in the same he, – he's just not the same category. And he's, he's sporadic. Jer- Jeremy's I mean, been, he's been consistent all year. Somebody got to score the ball for the Pistons, even if they put up 84 a game. But we're going to go with the flip side now. (laughs) And this is the Plies slash MC award. Who is the biggest? Busted or busted baby. But keyword bust so far. Someone that hasn't performed up to expectations. Jamie, this might have been that's burned you in DFS. Who is your guy? Um. This was a this is a tough question because um, you know there's a, there's a couple of like first first rounders that you can call bust but I don't think it's really that fair to and I'm gonna upset Brad here I mean you know the obvious answer is is Westbrook here but I don't think it's really fair to call him not a bust. obvious it's no well I mean you know I don't really <laughs> think it's fair to call him a bust just, just simply answer. because what was that. <laughs> Eric's cutting out. He's. I think he said something along the lines of "Stop taking my answers." It, it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be your answer. <laughs> um, so it, yeah, it's not gonna be your answer. I, I. I don't think it's fair to call him a bust just because when he and Beal are on the court together, that's which is rare. They're almost always missing other key players at the time. So I don't. Yep. I, I can't call him a bust yet. So I'm. And I'm he's gonna averaging go with, a triple double practically. Yeah, and I love him. I love that guy. I've always yeah, thought that too. he gets hate that he doesn't deserve. Um, I, I'm going to go with Pascal Siakam for this question. Um, just because when you compare him to other early picks like Westbrook and even Towns, you know, that's the same thing. Like, you can't you can't fault the guy for being hurt or for getting COVID. But, like, Toronto has been almost not affected at all by injuries and by COVID. And every single one of number of Siakam's numbers is down across the board. His field goal percentage is down. His rebound rate is down. His usage rate is down. Um, you know, even his defensive rating on the other side of the floor is, is down. I, I mean, I, I really don't understand why it is uh, you can look at, um, uh, you know, Boucher's emergence as a little bit of a culprit, but, but they don't really do the same thing. He shouldn't be taking from Siakam. Siakam's production. Siakam's had a couple of good games recently, but they've had injuries as well. So he is the one that kind of is puzzlingly not as good to me this year as he should be. I think that's that's I think that's awesome that you pointed out because I I kind of saw that too. But I think it's it's a little bit of like unlucky. I know he's been in like foul trouble. He got like suspended for like one game for probably how he acted after fouling <laughs> out, and so I. Yeah, he. It's been weird because I own him in my league too, and I was expecting him to take another jump as he's made a jump every single year of his professional career so far. 
Um, but he has been disappointing here at the beginning of the year. Coach, is that your pick, Pascal Siakam? No, that that's not my my pick. Uh, I, I picked uh, another guy that I drafted, and it's uh it, it's Lonzo Ball. Man, he um all his numbers were down from from last year. He averages twelve points a game, which I wasn't expecting him to score at a high clip. But I was looking for him to possibly be in that triple double range. Um, and he's he's played so bad. He shoots. 40% from the field, which kills you field goal percentage-wise. Um, and he's been now in trade rumors, him and J.J. Redick. But it's so funny because uh, I actually hit him with the uh, C, D, and P. The coach did not play this week. And they were playing the Bucks, who, you know, they have good defensive guards. And he had his best game of the season, maybe the best of his career. He had 28 points, nine assists, and seven three-pointers. So maybe – Maybe he's a guy that bounces back, but it's funny that him and LaMelo have basically this same exact stat line, number by number, stat by stat, points, assists, and rebounds. So he's he's been bad for me this year, but I'm holding on to him. I got faith. I'm being conspiratorial. I definitely think that the Pelicans are trying to feature him before they trade him. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's, of that's how you that's how you build up their trade value. You don't get trade value sitting on the bench. Brad, I'm going to talk on mine because it's Westbrook. I'll give you a chance to defend him. And then give me yours. Um, on the his counting stats, 19 points the game, 9.3 rebounds, 9.6 assists. That's not bad. But he's essentially playing every two-thirds or two out of three games. He's played 10 out of 15 games for the season, and it was 7 out of 11 prior to COVID. So you basically, those stats then are 12.5 points per game, 6.1 rebounds, and 6.3 assists. He is averaging five turnovers a game. That is awful. That is awful. That is awful. Did I mention that's awful? He's shooting a career-low 38.1 field goal percentage and 65.5% from the line. Now, the Wizards are going to have a lot of uh, games due to make up with COVID, and we knew going into the season that he was going to sit out some of the back-to-backs or for load maintenance or load management, whatever you want to call it. But for somebody that was taken in the first or second round, I know that he had that triple-double upside that on the surface, he it looks like he's doing well. But if you watch his game, he is not the same Westbrook this year. Go ahead, Brad. Um, no, I I don't think you said anything crazy. I, I think he's definitely taken a step back in terms of efficiency, which was never his forte. Um, he's still explosive. He's still doing everything that we know Westbrook to do. Um, the free throws, that percentage is down, which kind of worries me. I don't know what's going on with his free throws. It's kind of always been a problem for him, but he's having his worst year yet with that. Um, the, sh- the shot selection isn't great. That's always been a problem for him, and it's a little worse now. But at the end of the day, he's, he's having his worst season he's had in a long time, and in doing that, he's averaging a triple-double, and he's literally the only thing the only person that Russell or that uh, Brad Beal can pass to, or you know, take a little break, like he, the Wizards have no recourse for, for any, any, any chance oh, what to about, win. At, what? What's that? Max, Max contract offer Bertans isn't doing anything. So that was my biggest bust. So <laughs> when I think about a bust, I you know I, I think <laughs> the Wizards, and he's a guy who just signed an eighty million dollar deal that he earned. He did earn that, like that wasn't a gift, and he's finished in the top six and three points made in the last two years. But this year, he hasn't been the same at all. He's had COVID, he had injuries, 
He's on a minutes restriction. He's not playing defense. He's not rebounding. And most importantly, he's not even hitting threes anywhere close to the, the normal clip that, that we've seen from him. So I'm regretting trading coach for him in our league. But uh, I again, I said it before, like I, I'm not throwing in the towel yet. I think you have to trust that guys are going to revert to their mean. And that includes Westbrook and that includes Bertans for me. Once again, all the single people listening, find someone that loves you and will stick through the thick and thin like Brad does with the Wizards. That's the type of people you want in your life. No, it's a great pick. The Wizards overall have been disappointing as an organization and team this season, and a lot of that reflects on player performances. We have three left and here. We're gonna with having all that said, they're only two and a half games out of the the playing game, which is absurd. They got the worst record in the league. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess looking on the optimistic side. The next one, we got the Kurt Flood Award. And for you millennials, make sure you look up that guy because he is the godfather of free agency. Who is the best free agent pickup so far this season? Someone that has changed the free agency game, made other owners jealous that he is not on their roster. Jamie, who is someone that you snagged up and are reaping in the benefits? Or maybe you didn't and wish you did. Quickly, I finally get to talk about a Nick on your show. Uh, <laughs> <I've been waiting laughs> Only 38 minutes in, right? Yeah, <laughs> like checking my watch. He's playing right now on my TV. I just hit a three. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, I can't believe they finally got one right, you know, <laughs> trading up in the draft for him. Um, but yeah, he's he is showing to be that kind of dynamic player that can take over a game for them. I mean, you can tell when you watch that he's a rookie for the shots that he takes. He thinks he's Steph Curry and Trey Young sometimes shooting from 38 feet. But, you know, he's. He's listening. He's saying all the right things. Um, he's starting to put up counting stats in addition to his scoring. He's not afraid to take those shots. And, you know, the thing that I say in DFS is if you want a floor for your cash games in DFS, you want minutes and you want shots. And he's not afraid to chuck. So, I mean, you know, I know some people, because I, I still have a lot of friends at home in New York that, you know, I do home league drafts with them and, and their homer picks so quickly was drafted in a lot of those things. But, you know, in the in the in the typical ones that I would do, um, he wasn't drafted and he was someone that was kind of picked up in week two or three of the season. And, and he's definitely he's definitely been uh, producing and he, I'm getting trade offers for him on my team and I haven't found the right one yet. <laughs> Yeah, I have a, a side antidote on on quickly. Um, he, he he's from the Baltimore area, which where we're all from. And uh, my buddy Josh Sersky, he's a head coach of Parkville High School, a local high school here. He was training Emmanuel Quickly this entire summer with his elite basketball academy. And um, I mean, this guy works so hard. I mean, they, like three a days, and all he does is want to hoop. So I saw the upside, and I know that Knicks fans were, like, cringing a little bit that we picked a guy that's probably slated for maybe top second round. But I really thought that this was a really good pick, and he looks like he's going to be a solid professional for his career. I, uh, I picked I picked quickly as my best free agent pickup as well. I'm, I'm watching him right now. He's at the free throw line, watching him on league pass. He's averaging 25 minutes a game the last few games, and I think he's going to start locking in starters minutes if he's not starting. Um, he's just a flat out gamer. Like Jamie said, you know, he's good for 20 and five in his sleep. Like, I think it, it reminds me a lot of the, um, the Washington football team philosophy. When they get a draft pick, they just draft an Alabama guy. And I think it's smart to do that with uh, Kentucky guys in basketball. It, it, more, more times than not, you're going to get a good player that's going to develop 
And um, I really like what Emmanuel quickly is bringing. He's, he's very confident. Um, he's not scared of the moment. He's trying to prove himself. If it's not going to be in a Knicks jersey, he's going to prove himself elsewhere. So I really like that pick. Brad, just that's to add great. something to that, too, is um, he's, you know, you said he's at the line right now. He's got that little, like, Trey Young, like, stick your butt out and make someone foul you while yep. you're taking these shots. Yeah. He's 96% from the, from the line right yes, now. He's he only missed two free throws this year. All right, well, so, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm putting in a trade offer. Jamie, you sold me on that right there. And <laughs> I think that's a great point that Brad makes is, you know, the Knicks don't really have a solidified starting point guard. They have a log jam at, at the forward position, but basically the, their point guards right now are Alfred Payton, Quickly, and Austin Rivers. And two out of the three of them have played on multiple NBA teams and are kind of journeymen. So that could open up the door for Quickly to lock in that starting position for the foreseeable future. Coach, who is the free agency pickup of the year in your eyes? So um, there's nobody that's like – I feel like that would win you your league based on what you got on the waiver, but you got some guys that could start certified. And um, I think DeAndre Hunter really ran away with this great job. Pick, when, great pick. When Gallo, now, was, isn't he? And, what's that? Isn't he hurt now? He just got, like, got hurt. Um, like with the knee, he has a, a slight knee injury. I think it's only short term, um, but he's been a model of consistency this entire year. And when you bring in, um, Bogdanovich, you bring in Gallo, and you just have so many parts going uh, around. You, know, you it's hard to find minutes, but he he took his field goal percentage from forty one all the way up to fifty one, and mm-hmm. his coaching staff and his teammates have raved about his ability to finish. Um, not not to mention he rebounds the ball well, he defends well, he hits the three. So I know that's not a fantasy thing, but I, I just really like that player. Um, I did want to sprinkle in. I thought like. Chris Boucher is the other guy where it's like he might win you a category. Like he's averaging two blocks a game. He's shooting 53. And so maybe uh, that's, yeah. a, that's a, my buy low pick. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, don't, don't, all right, all right, don't give it away too much. For me, it's Larry Nance and Kevin Love in preseason had a right calf strain that I don't think fully recovered. And second game of the season re-injures it. So, of course, me having my phone on me 24-7 picks up Larry Nance Jr., power forward and center eligible. He does everything. And we play in a head-to-head points or head-to-head categories league, averaging 10 points per game, 6.4 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 2.2 steals, which leads the league art if you're listening to this, and 0.5 blocks per game. Shoots 48.2 percentage from the field. I think Cleveland is going to unload some of their big men. I could see someone like Andre Drummond probably having the most trade value. Uh, Maybe Kevin Love, if a team thinks that you know, he can really come in and help them contend for a title. But I think Larry Nance is going to be safe, and I think he's going to be someone that's going to see consistent minutes. He is dealing with a right wrist sprain, but assuming that he's healthy, I think he's a lock for the rest of the season, in that steals category especially. But we go to our next award, and we got two left. And this is kind of the buy low, but in stocks, we think of it as the Tesla Award. Who's a player that has gone under the radar and you expect to have a huge rest of the season? Now would be the time to buy low, like if you did in Tesla when it was at 100 a share. Now it's at 805. Just pointing it out there. So, Brad, you had mentioned that we touched on yours. Do you want to talk a little bit about why he looks good? Jamie touched on him earlier when he was talking about Pascal Siakam, and Coach just touched on him recently. So, yeah, Chris Boucher is my dude, hands down for me. Um, I drafted him for $1 in our auction league, our fantasy league, and He's outplayed Aaron Baines, and there's no doubt that he'll eventually be the starter there long term. Uh, he blocks two shots a game, like Coach said. 
Um, he's averaging 14 and six, and he can hit threes on top of that. He's not getting much more than 20 minutes a game. So when they stretch him out to 30 minutes, I think he's going to start to get the the most improved player uh, race graphic a lot. So he's he's somebody that's just very talented. He almost reminds me of, this isn't a comp, but just his body type and kind of the way he he's very fluid and he, he you know, fits all the stat categories. He reminds me a lot of, of Brandon Ingram. And I know that's that's a little strange because Brandon Ingram, Ingram is a sniper and, you know, he's a scorer and he's that's what he does and that's not what Chris Boucher does at all. But the way they play is very similar. And if he ever got that type of leeway, I think you could see some of the third numbers from Chris Boucher. Brad, I won't doubt you because you have league pass. So I know you watch your hoops. <laughs> Jamie, who are you giving the Tesla award to? Might be playing a little fast and loose with this. I'm, I'm trying, by the way, not to scream in the middle of you guys talking because my, my okay. boys are hanging with the Clippers shot for shot here. But uh, man, man. they look good. They're playing defense. Yeah. Yeah. Thibodeau. Thibodeau. It is. It's Thibodeau this year. Um, so, I mean, you know, I don't know if this guy counts as under the radar or by low, really, but I think compared to last year, and you mentioned him earlier, Doc, I'm, I'm just going to kind of expand on him a little bit. Um, Trey Young kind of, at least in the DFS circles, was kind of flying a little bit below everybody's radar just because. Really? Uh, well, yeah, yeah it, it was more because Clint, Capella's, Clint Capella was hurting him. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he was he was getting all those shiny stat lines with his 27-27 against Detroit or whatever that was. And, and, and Trey Young just wasn't carrying the ownership. Um, but I just kind of want to point out that he has been unreal lately. He's. He's got 28 drives per game over his last six games, which is crazy. He's shooting almost 60% on wide open threes. And that's not, you know, that's taken uh, 5.3 attempts per game. Um, His potential assists are way up. That's a massive increase on those threes over over the first games where where Capella was kind of stifling his production. Um, I think Atlanta now is realizing, you know, we're still getting good games from from Capella, but they're kind of reverting back to the offense that they were last year where the entire thing runs through Trey. So, I mean, I think if if you're in a position where your league mates are a little bit slow to catch up to that, it's worth it's worth trying to acquire him because you might be able to do it for 90 95 cents on the dollar rather than the full value that he's worth so, so like i said i mean it, it's not the the best like you know buy low sneaky play but 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 to me it's compared to what he does it, it kind of fits a little bit no and it's interesting because trey young started out the year really well i think he had like a 36 13 game in opening night and then steve nash made the comments that that's not how you play basketball with how Atlanta was using Trey Young and having their offense work. And John Collins came out and said, like, you know, hey, this offense isn't solely relying on Trey Young. And you saw his stats suffer for that week after. And you have to think that maybe the mental aspect got into it. And then I think he kind of shrugged it off, realized that he did what he does best. And now we're seeing, you know, Atlanta is leading the division. And, you know, they're they're a team that they're not going to play a lot of defense. They're going to be in shootouts. And that's their bread and butter. So I love that pick. Coach, hey, who are you uh, giving? Before before we we uh, go forward, I'm curious what Jamie thinks about Obi Toppin when we're talking about buy low. Another good guy. Yeah, um, I mean the, the confusing thing is he's definitely. It, it's funny because you know he was the one with all the 
the, the glitter in the draft and then they drafted yeah. quickly and now it's kind of flipped that that he's the he's the darling of Knicks fans but I mean Toppin you can tell it's, it's it's almost the same thing I mean you can tell he plays with that kind of fire that um that all these Knicks players are kind of instilling in himself his minutes are starting to trend up too which is good um yeah. Noel being out in this game is definitely going to help his minutes ceiling but I loved that pick when they got him I wanted Halliburton uh in the mm-hmm. draft at pick eight and you know it's tough to watch how much how well he's doing too but um he almost but had a yeah last night too yeah yeah and he's they can't take him off the floor anymore oh. um but yeah i'm i'm happy with Toppin's progression uh progression as well and i'm kind of watching him as two free throws as i'm saying this to you yeah, um that's why i brought but, it up yeah 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 <laughs> um you know i mean he's good at multitasking <laughs> yeah you'd be surprised um if you know, if it winds up that he's got to go in any kind of trade that they make, so be it. I'm not gonna because, like you said before, they're they're stacked at forwards. There's, it's tough to fit them all in. Um, mm-hmm. But if he stays, I'm happy with that too because I think they got a a, a gem in that too. Look at the foul quickly just drew. Oh my god! I <laughs> know he's he's tough, man. <laughs> yeah, and and you know Obi Toppin going to the eighth pick. I you know we all did a, a pretend mock and. I don't think anyone had Obi falling that far. So maybe, you know, not the player that you wanted, but someone that you thought wouldn't even be on the board. Coach, who's your Tesla pick? So I, we touched on the, like the mental part. We talked about this guy. I think uh, the Siakam will bounce back. I think it's a confidence thing right now. I think he'll bounce okay. back. Um, but my guy is um, is Carl Anthony Towns. Um, he's mm-hmm. had such an unlucky start to the year, but just year in general. Of course, he lost his mother to covid he was hit by a drunk driver in the offseason that he just mentioned, and then he breaks his wrist, and then he gets COVID. I mean, how much is this guy going to take? But let's not forget last year he did average 27-11-4 on 51% shooting. He is a fantasy maestro. Uh, he's going to go bananas very soon, so I would tr- try to get my hands on him if, uh, you know, if you're a, like a higher seed team and you, you're banking for the playoffs. Somebody in mind. Like a Jalen Brown is somebody that maybe somebody says yes to, and I know you're giving up a, a really great value in J, J, um, Jalen Brown, but I would take that risk to try to win a championship. And so um, if there's an owner that's just fed up with Carl Anthony Towns, like because he has played only four games, like I said, this season, um, try to maybe throw it out there, propose a, a trade with somebody that's done well. It's a good idea. Mm. Yeah, no, and, and I think that's actually a good trade. Jalen Brown, someone who's playing – might have his peak value for the year. Trade him for someone that was a top five pick in, in any league. For me, it's Michael Porter Jr. Um, you know, he missed time at the beginning of the year with COVID. Jamal Murray is only averaging 19.1 points per game, which is 0.6 more than he did last year. Me personally, I thought he was going to take more of a step up average 23-24. It really is Jokic's team. Murray is the second option, but I don't think there's a clear third option. And you look at the last five games, he's averaging 17 and a half points per game, seven rebounds, two steals. This was a guy that at one time was considered one of the top prospects, obviously had a couple back injuries. I don't think he's really had that consistency where people can say, okay, this is, this is that talented guy that was a five-star recruit that went to Missouri, played a couple games and had back surgery. So real hoopers know Michael Porter Jr. is a baller and probably the fantasy circle will as well. Uh, we have our last award here, and that's the falling action and kind of the inverse of the Tesla. Who's a player that has done really well so far? You just don't expect him to keep, him up, keep it up. Sell high where, while their value is where it is now. 
Jamie, who's your guy? Well, um, I'm going to ad lib a little bit here because because I think it was Brad was touching on Jeremy Grant before, and if, if he's going to talk about him, I'll let him. Um, no, no, it's <laughs> but, all yours. No, no, that's okay. I, I got a I got a different answer. <laughs> I, I agree with you before too. I, I I think he's I think he's peaked, but. Um, one, one I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to say that he's not going to continue because he's a, he's a solid player and, and it's the team just going to let him do whatever he wants. But, I mean, right now, according to ESPN's uh, fantasy player raider, Zach Levine is number two mm. uh, behind only Jokic. And, I mean, bit. if you look, he's averaging over 27 points per game. He's averaging over five assists per game, about five rebounds per game. He's shooting 50% from the field. All of those are career highs. So if you've got him, it's been great. Um, I used him last night in DFS. And again, you know, he kind of cobbled together a lot of just production as that game went back and forth and back and forth. But I mean, you know, if you're rating him as the number two fantasy player overall, I think it, I think it makes him a good sell candidate. Um, I've also seen his name come up in a lot of trade scenarios so if that happens somewhere down the line, it's possible, you know, I mean, if a contender gets him, that he's not used the way he's been, he's being used on the, on the bulls, which are, they're just giving him the ball saying, do whatever you want with this. And, you know, if we win, we're not playing defense. We're just going to run and run and run. Um, so, I mean, I think there's, I think there's paths to downside from him based on what he's at right now. That's a great pick. And, and you talk about if he gets traded at all, that automatically lowers his value instantly, kind of like what we've seen with Harden, where you're not going to have that same usage rate when you're the main guy. Um, and no, better for your team, better for your team success, but not for NBA or not fantasy. As I, as I watch this next game, like what people think of Jeremy Grant is what they should think of Julius Randle. Like that's the guy who the offense really runs through, and that's a guy who consistently puts up numbers and even. You know, even when he wasn't the feature of a team, when he was just the guy that was getting the minutes, like on the Lakers, for instance, like he was still just putting up numbers. So I, I really have love for Julius Randle, and I wish he got more respect. But um, my, my sell high is a guy that I've talked about before. Um, I think it's time to sell high on Anthony Davis. There's no doubt in my mind that he's the same player. Um, but the Lakers, they're taking the marathon, not a sprint approach, so... AD is averaging less minutes and he's averaging a lower usage rate than he has since really his second year in the league. And people still love him and respect him as a fantasy asset. So I think if you sell him now, you know, after a monster game, you can absolutely get a haul for him. Yeah, Brad, you didn't sell him to me. You sold him to the coach instead a little bit early. Coach, who is your uh, sell high candidate? I love also, I love Anthony Davis. I mean, it's a win win because James Harden's going to produce forever. Um, but Anthony Davis had a couple games this week. He had like hit three steals, three blocks, like consecutively. He, I, I think that we we kind of thought um, LeBron was going to ease his way into the season, but it, it ended up yeah. being um, AD the one who's kind of easing it That's in. Right. I think his his better games are are ahead of him in the, in this um, for this season. My guy that's falling back, and um, if 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 it weren't for a, a foot injury, I would I, I would be like definitely pulled a the trigger on him and it's CJ McCollum. He's averaging 27 a game on five threes a game. So I don't see him um, picking that up, but now that he's hurt, it's going to be hard for you to unload. Uh, my guy and, and Brad, you might have some bite back on this. It, uh, 
it, it's Bradley Beal. Um, we have a small sample size. He's he's averaging 35 a game. You could maybe steal one of these top five guys, maybe even but pull the trigger for like a cat or something. Not like I, I, he's a bad player at all. I just think that with the small uh, sample size window, with him having a 60-point game, another 40-point game, I just don't see him keeping up 35 a clip. Like I see going down to more like a 31. So uh, this is a this is a, t- a interesting time for fantasy owners to really take a look at these trades that could either make you fall on your face come playoff times or really win you leaks. So those are my uh, two two guards. Yeah, coach, and that's actually mine. I, I feel like I besides Larry Nance and Michael Porter that all of mine were taken. So. Uh, great minds uh, think alike. Bradley Beal has scored 31 in six consecutive outings before Friday's game against the Hawks. But you look at his rebound and assists have gone down this year, uh, even if it's by a slight bit um, while that scoring has gone up. If he is traded, which I think he's probably the biggest name left on the market, you're going to see that ring go way down. And as Menzard's missed two weeks with COVID, they're going to have to make up those games, and I don't think Bradley Beal is going to play all of them. I think you could see the Westbrook where he's sitting out maybe every other game. Um, he's not going to finish the year averaging 34.7 points per game. I would love if he did. I just don't see it happening. Coach, what, hey, what Doc, are you going to say? I, I, woke, I woke up in the middle of the night um, this week. We talked about Bradley Beal trade suitors, and I was like, oh, I cracked the code. He's going to go. <laughs> he's going to go to Atlanta for John Collins and some young guys. And um, they have all the young guys galore. They're in a win now, possibly. If that trade happens, I see his numbers going down a little bit. But John Collins would be super, like, benefit from that. He would His numbers would skyrocket. He's already a solid guy. I know you would like that. But um, you get Hunter, you get Herter, you get a couple picks, perhaps, and, and maybe they don't let go of, of Herter. You you still got a chance to, to get, like, three bona fide uh-huh. young guys. And John Collins, who – the Wizards would sign on the dotted line today to max them out. I've said it before. I like, I hate the I hate the baseball style, like the baseball GM style of of team management, where you know if you have a bad season, it's dump everything and go you know get as many picks as you can. Like I think there are a lot of teams that would kill to have an All Pro slash MVP player in Russell Westbrook and an all-star caliber player in Brad Beal. And putting that together is, you know, you're two-thirds of the way to a big three. So I don't think, you know, this single bad season should mean you should, you know, throw everything away and trade Brad Beal for everything you can get. I think you should try to build around them. I'm going to say this for the third time. You single people, find someone that loves you as much (laughs) as Brad loves the Wizards. Brad obviously hasn't paid attention in the last, like, four years where the Wizards get in a playoff game or play-in game. Oh, they're, they're, they made the playoffs. They're just a couple rounds away from making it to the championship. Um, Dude, a five-seed just made a championship. Yeah, like, and You they just lost have to get it. into the dance. You yeah, and that, the dance. Hey, Doc, would you do the trade? Oh, oh, if trade? I, if, oh, I would turn into the eggplant emoji if the Wizards did that trade. If they got, <laughs> if they got John Collins, a herder couple young picks oh yeah i'm turning into a human eggplant emoji um <laughs> Jamie, we'll would, you do the, would you do the trade no no i would not no nope. uh, go ahead i'm as big a brad beal truther as he is <laughs> okay all right all right well maybe it's people it's that watch Knicks game 
Maybe it's people that watch Knicks games while doing pods. There's just yeah. something they like <laughs> about go. Bradley Beal. But great discussion, gentlemen. Uh, glad that we gave these players some more uh, hardware to add to their trophy and mantle pieces. We are going to transition to our next segment, the question of the week, sponsored by Shady Rays. And, fellas, we're all on social media. Maybe some old picks that are wrong, and we have to deal with the haters. And how do you block them out with Shady Rays, of course? Well, in, in, in addition to blocking out haters, they're good for protecting your eyes when you go hiking or you know, when you're throwing the football or when you're throwing eggs at Brad's house after his bad takes. But you're also going to do good for the community because when you order a pair of Shady Rays, they're going to donate 10 meals to Feeding America. Now, we've been talking about this for a while, and they donated $13 million when we first said. It's probably at like 15 or 16 now, maybe like $200 because everybody is using code Triple Play to get 25% off their order. This excludes the RX series. But, you know, just do, do yourself a favor. Get some sunglasses. Be proactive. But our question of the week is, would you want a mid-season tournament like soccer in the NBA? Jamie, you're the guest, so we're going to start with you. This is such a cool question. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think so. Um, I think it's a good idea for a couple of reasons that, you know, especially right now during COVID where the league is losing money, I think something like that is a good way to drag in the casual fan. You know, I mean, the early part of the the early part of the season is not what the casual fan watches. So allowing them the NBA to kind of compete for viewers during NFL season is an interesting thing. Um, the 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 tricky part though is like, why would the players do it? You know, this this is the load management era, so I, I can't imagine the players would be on board with something like this. Um, I did read something. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I read something where like they were discussing, um, you know, making the prize for, for winning this tournament, like more first round draft picks or whatever. Yep. So a couple, a couple of problems with that, that I have is just, you know, adding picks doesn't automatically mean you add more good players (laughs) to the, to the draft pool. And also, you know, I mean, you're asking, you're asking the older players to, to work their tail off in the middle of the season so their team can draft their replacements. You know, I mean, what, <laughs> what's, the, what's the incentive for them to do that? So, I mean, you know, as a basketball fan that wants to see as much basketball as possible, um, you would never hear me complain about it, but I, honest, I, don't, I don't see it happening. I don't see it working. <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, very interesting, Jamie. You bring up the, the predecessor you know, kind of working hard to get their replacements. And why would anyone want to do that? Um, so I think that's an interesting angle I didn't even think of. Uh, Brad, is the per- person that thought of the question, I'm interested to hear your response. I had a similar take to Jamie's. Um, I think it, from a financial perspective, it definitely makes sense for the league to do it. I think they could sell television rights for it. Um, there's just a multitude of ways to, to bring in money from having a midseason tournament. Um, as far as the incentive, you know, maybe you add cap space uh, for winning the, the the tournament. Maybe you, you know, you get you get bonuses for the players for winning the tournament. I agree that you need some sort of um, you need some sort of incentive to make a LeBron James get excited and wake up to to play a midseason tournament when you know he's trying to hang NBA Finals banners, not midseason tournament banners. So I, I agree that the incentive part is tough. 
but I think it definitely makes sense for the league to want to do it. And the more money the league makes, that means the more money the players make. It's a 50-50 split. So um, I, I think if it makes sense for them to do it financially, it'll probably get done. Cap space okay. is interesting. I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, now that that is a good take. My ears perked up when you said that as well. You can't tell they're covered by the mics. Coach, what are your thoughts? All right, so I might be having my first get off my lawn moment here. (laughs) So I'm a first time homeowner. I I live on a corner of a block, and uh, I just don't understand. Just use the sidewalk, walk around, take the 10 extra steps. I never thought that I would be that guy because I used to cut through yards myself um, in high school, but. uh, you're old. I guess the, I, my answer is no. I, I just don't know how you value winning a, a midseason tournament in comparison to the NBA championship because it, it's going to be a super grind. As a basketball fan, I'll be glued. I'll be watching. I'll be tuned in, like, for sure. Um, but I, I just think, does that take away from an NBA championship now? And then where does that put, like, oh, but I got five midseason tournament MV, um, championship MVPs and like how does that calibrate when you're comparing the greatest players of all time um, and then the other thing I thought about is like what like the teams like how are they going to do it is it going to be straight NBA teams or are they going to bring in the champion uh, from overseas each con- country I think that's something that they maybe could tackle along with and then the teams that represent uh, the NBA might be even like G League teams or, or teams that are put together maybe of like younger players that are, are willing to sign the contract and get in they'll get exposure they might get opportunities that they they may not get playing behind say ad and lebron maybe we send out Taylor horton tucker right and he he just creates a different identity for himself that's an idea i don't know if that is even being circulated but if it's a mid-season tournament with just the 30 nba teams and, I, and maybe they've talked about the, all of them getting it. I don't know. I'm not I'm not with it yet, although I would be tuned in. Get off my lawn. No midseason <laughs> tournament. Yeah, okay, Boomer. Um, and, and I'm going to stick with you. I, I, think it, I, I think it's no, but for me, I go to the, the other angle that I'm surprised none of you guys brought up of what it does to the All-Star game. You know, I think the NBA probably does the best out of the four major sports with their midseason break. Nobody really watches the Pro Bowl. The Home Run Derby, I think, has lost some of its appeal, and Really, I think you're watching the All-Star game because the winner then gets home field advantage in the World Series. But, you know, for me personally, I enjoy watching the Celebrity Game Friday. I enjoyed the All-Star Saturday night with the three-point shootout in the dunk contest. I think it's been better in the past couple of years. I think there was a little bit of a lag. And then even the All-Star game, I kind of like having, you know, Team Giannis or Team LeBron, whoever the captains, and them doing that draft. And then if you do that midseason award, it's going to take away from that. And, you know, think about the different cities that get to host it each year. If it ever comes to D.C., that's going to be something I'm really going to want to do. And to Coach's point, I think it does take away then, you know, for people that have played in years before, how are you comparing midseason awards to NBA championships? I think this pandemic has thrown a wrench in what we've already seen in the scheduling of stuff, especially a 72-game season, trying to get it done before the Olympics. Let's just simplify some things for now. This might be something they're talking about behind closed doors. We don't know. If anybody would, it's Jamie, but good discussion, everyone. <laughs> we will go to our final Hold segment, Orlando. <laughs> hosted by Brad. Brad, what are we playing today? All right, we're going to play a little over-under. Um, basically, I'm going to have five, I'm going to name five different players, 
and you're going to guess how many all-star game selections they had. And if you get it right, right on the nose, you'll get two points. And if you are the closest, you'll get one point. Sounds good. So, right. and keep track of your own scores. You're not our mother. <laughs> yeah, no. we fell into a problem earlier this year with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So first, we'll, we'll, yeah, I think I'll only do five since it's we're running low on time here. Let's do Shaq to start. Who we Jamie, start, with? start with? You. No. <laughs> uh, Shaq, um, 15. Doc? I'm going to say 14. Coach? I was going to say 15, too. I'm going to go 15. Jamie and Coach with two points. It's 15 on the nose. <laughs> uh, Should have just That's taken Jamie's. Doc get one. Close. <laughs> nah, I get zero. You get zero. You get zero since you guys got it. All I right. Let's go to the, greatest, the greatest winner of all time, Bill Russell. Coach, you go first. Uh, I feel like this guy had to go like every year. Um, That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> sorry, I'll I'll go with I'll go with twelve. Doc. Is 12? I mean, he has like nine rings. I, I, I feel like he has to go like 17. Jamie. Yeah, I'm going to say more than 12 too. Um, God, he played forever. Uh, I'm going to say 15 again. He only, he only oh. played 13 years. Coach on the nose with 12. <laughs> I guess it's not 15. Oh, man, yeah. Who's yeah. the coach? All right, let's go to the man who just got his three-point record broke by Joe Ingles, John Stockton. Is that right? Yeah. Who are we starting with? I'm going to go 11. Jamie. 12. You want to up in me, Jamie? What's up? Yeah. (laughs) Wait, Doc, would you go with 11? Yeah, 11 seems like a white John Stockton number. I think 12 uh, is his actual number. I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with um hang, I hate to do this again. So I'll just go 13 just because I don't want to take Jamie's answer again. That's gonna be a one point for Doc and Jamie. It was actually 10. Oh well he oh, he, he gets it. I, I, he was yeah, supposed Doc, to. Yeah, Doc was Doc said eleven. Okay, we're gonna do we're gonna do prices right rules. All right, we'll go we'll go that 10. 10. All right, so we'll go to we'll go with uh Doc. It's all right. I'm, I'm not going to win anyway. I got one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go with my guy, Tracy McGrady. Jamie, you're up first. The greatest, the greatest Nick ever? Well, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was um, Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, right. You know what's depressing about him real quick? He's, he's my age. I see Mac or Rasheed? No, McGrady. I don't know how old Rasheed is. Hopefully he'll um, get the DFS Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's so many injuries. I'm going to say, I'm going to say eight. Coach. Shout out J.R. Giddens, former teammate, New York Knicks. We just had Giddens on the pod. Right, so, um, he played with him on the Knicks. Uh, right. I'm going to go seven with T-Mac because of the injuries and because of Toronto. All right. So I was going to say seven, but the only way I can beat or tie coaches if I change. So I'm going six. 
You should have said seven. Coach gets those two. I, yeah, but I, I wouldn't be able to, to beat him. I had to go with something different. All right, let's go with Kareem. Coach, you're going to be up first. I think Kareem uh, – I think Kareem has more than anyone. I think that uh, he's got – That's not a number. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> true. I, um, I'm, I'm thinking between 18 and 19, honestly. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with uh, – I'm gonna go with 18. Jamie, uh, I'll I'll take uh, 18. 19 was the first two numbers I thought of too, so I'll I'll take the other one. 19. Can I do 18 and a half to split it? <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with 19 also. 19. I'll get you two points. So Jamie and Doc with two. He got 19 most ever, like Coach said. Yeah, boy. <laughs> but I believe I Coach is the winner, right? Six. I, I got. Four. Do we have one more? You got that one was more? our fifth. Okay, that's our fifth, and Coach is definitely the winner. All right, Coach. Fifteen seconds FaceTime. of FaceTime. Go ahead. The floor is yours. <laughs> All right. Well, I just want to reiterate um, what a pleasure it's been to be on the pod with you guys, getting amazing guests, uh, just knocking out the part with content on all three platforms, whether that's our fantasy football pod that we just had Matt Barry on our baseball pod. It has had more guest appearances than any show. Um, it seems like everything's clicking. It helps when we have great guests like Jamie. Um, we do appreciate you bringing some of that fantasy perspective here. Um, but I'd be remiss if I didn't give uh, a little, little Kobe shout out. I do this every time that I win, but you know, a year since, you know, his tragic passing and him getting inducted into the hall come sometime I mean, I think in the next couple months, uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, 60 points in three quarters, not playing the, the fourth quarter. I mean, I think he set the tone on that. And uh, in a blowout, he just kind of just accepted that, hey, I, I'm going to have this 60. But I think he dropped like 27 to 30 in that 81. So we might have been looking at a, a, a career high that, that would have been mid-80s if they would have let him play that fourth quarter. But. Shout out Kobe Bryant. Mamba mentality wins all the time, and uh, that's all I have to say. Thanks again. Yeah, RIP to a great legend. And, uh, Jamie, I really want to thank you coming on. Before we sign you out, is there anything that you're working on um, that you want to tell the listeners or where they can find you? Yeah, just follow me on Twitter at JAC3600. Um, you know, I try and stay active the entire time, whether it's talking fantasy or or video games or music and movies, whatever, you know, just have some fun with the community. It's a really uh, fantasy sports community. I think is the best one out there. And, and uh, just to you guys, I really appreciate you having me on. I had a blast the last hours and uh, you know, anytime you want to collaborate again, I'm, I'm up for it. Yeah, we would, we would certainly love to have you back. He did mention, follow him on Twitter at J A C three, six, zero, zero. Jamie, also a good uh, music soundtrack, Mega Man X. Super Nintendo, if you're looking at another thing to the queue. We will be back next week talking, of course, some fantasy, but also some real life. There's never a shortage of drama in the NBA. Until then, make sure you stay tuned for our interview with J.R. Giddens, uh, as well as some of the other shows we have going on. Stay safe. Happy Valentine's Day upcoming, and everyone wear a mask.